Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic, a podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens between it. Like radio voices. Yeah, radio voices are definitely one of those things that happen. We listen to a lot of radio, like in the car and stuff, like when we're not listening to podcasts, because a lot of the podcasts we subscribe to are not exactly child-friendly. Right. And so there are a lot of NPR happenings in our cars on a fairly regular basis. Yes, and the kids seem to like the science ones. They do. Yeah. And you always change the channel whenever Garrison Keillor's voice comes on. Have all my life. He's not hosting Prairie Home Companion anymore. No, but I've still heard him on the radio sometimes. He still does that poetry thing. Yes. That happens every morning on our drive to work. Doesn't happen in my car. No, because you changed the channel. I turn it off and let a podcast play, or or yeah, sometimes I will change the channel. Because you don't like his voice? I do not like his voice. What is it about his voice that you don't like? He sounds like his antidepressants aren't working. (laughs) Uh, And they haven't been for a long time. Okay. It sounds like... Not funny or dreary, but dreary to me. I also dislike a voice on the NPR radio. Yes, it's one that I like. You you actually do like... I do like, like Garrison Keillor's you voice. You do. You can have it. I don't care. And you can have Diane Reem's voice. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't make any internal chalkboard screechy things. Which Garrison me. Keillor's voice does for you. Yes, in a very low... It's a low scratch on the chalkboard. <laughs> the chalkboard is crumbling. <laughs> Everything will crumble. <laughs> it's crumbling beneath us and we'll crumble with it and that will be it. That's how I feel about Garrison Keeler. That's funny to me. Mm-hmm. But you don't like Diane Reed. I don't like Diane Reed. And I like her show. I like I, her show. I like a lot of the things that she talks about and like the the plans and the stories that she has when someone else is hosting. I like them. Mm -hmm. And some of her guests I like, but then she starts talking and it hurts. Like I said, it it doesn't strike those wrong chords for me. And we have that vice versa thing with these two people. Yes. There are a lot of things where you like and I don't, or I like and you don't. Yes. I have a hard time listening to Diane Reem's voice because the timbre of it is just painful to me. And I feel like you know, some things it's okay to like or dislike, and it's okay to have preferences, but because... Like it's okay for me to not like Garrison Keillor's voice. Yes, it's a yeah. perfectly acceptable yeah. choice to dislike that voice. But because Diane Reem has a specific vocal disability, mm-hmm. I feel like disliking her voice somehow makes me an asshole. Right. To me, she sounds, like I said, like an older person, and I grew up with a lot of older people, and so I'm comfortable with that. I think for me, it's a combination of my vocal training and my mirror neurons. I can, like, feel the discomfort of her voice, and it, like, mm. Right. Nah. Not, not the crumbling chalkboard. No, the actual it's screeching. the screeching, yes. And so, you know, she's... A wonderful person. She's intelligent. She has a lot of great stories. I just can't listen to them. Right. And I feel bad because I feel like 
it's wrong of me to dislike the disabled person for something related to their disability. I understand that you would feel that way because it's related to the disability, but you don't dislike her because of her disability. No, I dislike the tone of her voice. I don't dislike her as a person. I just don't want to listen to her, which is kind of how it sounds like when straight Christians say, oh, you can be as gay as you want to. I just don't want to see it is like how it connects in my brain. I'm like, it's kind of ass backwards. That's not how the real world works. Right. And so I feel like that makes me an ass for disliking her voice. Well, sometimes when I don't like people, I feel like I'm not being a good person. So I can understand that. It's tricky because there are a lot of things like that in our world where we feel like we should be a part of the thing. We should support the community or support the cause, but I don't want to. I don't like them. You don't enjoy the company of some of the people that um, are in certain communities or gatherings and so forth. Yes. And, And I think that's common. I think that it's okay to not like things, It's okay to not like things. It's It's okay, okay, but don't be a dick about it. Exactly. Yeah, and see, that's the thing. I feel like by not liking the thing, because of the nature of the thing that I dislike and the relationship of the thing I dislike to the distaste for the thing makes me a dick about it. Well... If I can get a dick that way, I'll take it, but... Sometimes I can tell that things are bothering you, and I'm not sure if you're trying to not be a dick about it, but I don't think your intentions are. Right. Like with my family or like the social group that we've tried to uh-huh. um, this attend happens. in the past and, and then recently tried again. Yeah, and this happens with religious groups too. Like as a person of faith, I feel like I should support communities of faith. But a lot of communities of faith are populated by stupid people. Who are being asshats. Who are either being asshats or who are a part of a religious community because they lack the life skills to get by without quite such a support system. And while I'm not saying that's bad in any way on them, that's quite a good way to get through life. If you lack other skills, then you build yourself a community to support your weaknesses, and that's commendable. But those are often not what I want to spend my time engaging in social activities with. And again, I feel like that kind of makes me into a dick. I've never felt like a dick about that. And I always thought religion was designed for exactly what you said, just people compensating. And that's fine. And I agree that that's fine. I think communities are important, but I always found religion to be a bad design. Yeah, I mean, I I tried some religions and still found them eventually distasteful. Yes. Well, first of all, everybody has to figure out social interactions in a community because without a community, there's no interactions. That is the um, definition, I believe, of the term social. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, (laughs) So the opportunity has to be there. Yeah. And then some of the communities are created for certain types of support. Like the queer community is to support itself because nobody else is. And everybody else is really trying hard not to let us have support. And that's historically. Supposedly some of it's getting better. I think it's gotten way better than what people of color's improvements have done over the years. Yes. But, you know, people often think, oh, there's no bigotry, racism, Fuck yeah, there is. There's, you know, all these things. People need each other to get over that shit. 
yes. and get around it and get through it yeah. and get past it. And it ain't ever going to get past it. What am I thinking? Yeah. No, no, I think they will. Maybe not in this lifetime, but that's not your deal. So, <laughs> um, so for us, this so is... So again, one, one more aspect where I'm on this side and you're on that side. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. You are also a person of faith, but not of the same faith. Correct. So continuing... We don't like so, the people, but we like the thing that the people have or do or are, but we don't like the people. Yes. Now, that's not unusual for me. No, because you just don't like the people kind of all the time anyway. No. <laughs> you're you're very introverted, and so the people is not just individuals. It's the concept of interacting with people and spending your energy to do so. Right. Whereas for me, I am an extrovert. Generally, I do gain energy from interacting with other people, except certain people, stupid people. Well, and I those don't are, like stupid people. Those are good constructs, the introvert and extrovert. We use them a lot because mm-hmm. they're good constructs for explaining things. Yes. Just like labels are often good constructs of explaining things and so forth. The human brain naturally categorizes yes. as a way of understanding. Right. Some of these communities overlap where I get annoyed with the stupid people. Yes. And I think I try to understand where people are at and be okay with that they're there and I don't have to be. I actually be really glad if I don't have to be. And I think that's part of what makes you good at your job as a mental health professional. It would be very hard to deal with numerous types of mental health struggles if you got annoyed with people being in different cognitive places. Yes, but that's how <laughs> conversion therapy went oh, for the way fuck's it did. Sake. So, yeah, you no. know, people, there are people in my field like that. Gone, gone wrong. Yes. Uh, I, I would question whether they're actually in your field. I think they picked a completely different field. You're on the soccer pitch and they're out in left field. Never yeah, mind. <laughs> don't, don't, don't try any sports ball. <laughs> what, what I, I'm it? done now. Yes. What is, what is that word? Metaphor? Don't, yeah, don't try any sports ball metaphors. That's not. You're not that's even not. playing the same sports. That's the thing. Yes, You're not I, in your field. You should use gaming metaphors. Yes, sir. <laughs> Although, if you want to keep amusing us, go ahead. <laughs> I'm comic relief. Yes, we need it. So, speaking of groups and analogies and such, in each field, in each group or concept or construct or label of person, there are certain commonalities. Yes. And so when I attend a Bible study, and then we go to a wedding with the people of the Bible study, and so you have cause to interact with the people of my chosen faith, there happens to be one of them who is also a person of transgender experience and who really wants to meet you because you're another trans person. Yes. And we happen to be getting together at the Jesus thing because two women got married and we're happy for them. And and here's this person who comes over, sits themselves right down and says, I wanted to meet you because we have common experiences. Right. And I'm probably looking at them a little strangely because I'm thinking, I have met you before. You had met her before. Under the same and type of... And she did the I exact wanted, same thing then. Yes, <laughs> she did. And, and I thought the same thing then. Yes, we have something in common, but it's not what you think it is. For you, it's something else than it is for me. And that's 
because we live in very different worlds outside of the fact that we are both trans-experienced people. Yes. We live in very different worlds otherwise. Maybe, yes. Maybe planets. I don't know. Well, and the other thing that I thought she might be talking about is the fact that you do both have traumatic religious experience. And she might have been referencing that, but then she didn't go anywhere else with it. Like she just sat down and said, I want to talk to you because we have common experience. And so we gave her a second and sort of like looked at her like, okay, continue. And she's just like looking at us like, yay. And I also, I'm I'm dealing with something else at that moment of, well, we've done this before, so that's weird. Mm-hmm. And then girls are weird. Sorry, girls. Sorry, ladies. You're weird. Girls you are crazy. It. Boys are stupid. This yes. is something that I'm we being have said stupid many now. times. I'm being stupid, but I'm just looking at her. And I see this happen in other trans situations where the girls say, we have something in common, and the boys say, no. No, we don't. Not really. And so we're pretty much all back in grade school, but that's okay, because that's part of our... That's that's why girls. you're on this side of the binary, and they're on that side of the binary. That's yes. why you had to make the change, was because you don't have that in common with them. I certainly do not. So I I gave that person space to talk because that's just what I do. I say, okay, but I didn't do what I might do at work and be like, so what would you like to talk to me about? Mm-hmm. You know, because that would be, I would think, I, I sounded a little more condescending than I would in the workplace, but yes, <laughs> I would be encouraging. And, and I just thought, okay, I'm in a, a Jesus thing, you know, give uh-huh. me a break here. Yeah. These are very, you know, nice people that I've gotten married, and I'm glad for them that they're happy, and there's some other people there I know, and there's gluten-free cake, and and we don't have to stay really long because it's a school night. Yeah. So I'm good. And so here comes trotting over this woman who, like you said, we do live in very different worlds. Yes. And we have different hobbies. We have different lifestyles. We have kids. We have jobs, we have intellectual pursuits, and she is retired and disabled and not educated. And I don't want to say that as a judgment. I'm not saying that as a qualitative statement. I'm simply stating it as a fact that Do you remember one episode of Friends? I never watched much Friends, but there was one episode that I saw where the rich half of the group was going out and doing a thing and the poor half of the group felt like, are they going to include us and we want to go, but we can't afford it? Or are they going to exclude us and then we feel excluded? No, I didn't watch that show. But uh, I have seen other sitcoms with a similar situation. Right. Yeah. And it's not a matter of judgment call. It's not a matter of, do I look down on her for having less education? It happens pretty commonly, as far as I can tell with my experience, especially in our local trans community, that dysphoria kicks some people in the head when they're young and they can't focus on education. And so... And we're in the middle of nowhere. So some of our folks... If they couldn't fit in socially, they weren't going to fit in academically. No. No, they got left behind. Should I not say it that way? <laughs> no, no, yeah. Don't I, say it that way. No, say it. Th- that's fine. I just, okay. because whenever teachers hear the term left behind, we just have this You go into shock. Oh, I in the headlines. Ah, no. Yeah. But society left them out of some interactions and their ways of coping with 
hey, I'm trans and how do I deal with all these people who are hating on me about it, left them at that disadvantage. Yes. And again, this is not a judgment call, but it indicates that there are a lot of conversations that we are not going to be able to have fluidly with people of different education, just like I would not be able to have a conversation with, I don't know, Rachel Maddow or some other political pundit. That's I would just be, because you'd be going little, little, little and drooling. Well, that's another story. Yeah. But, you know, there are a lot of topics in which I am interested, but I could not discuss them at the same level as someone who is educated in those topics. You and I have discussions about politics, about topics of our own particular interests with your colleagues and our Jesus friend, and all of us have multiple degrees and have certain ways that academia has taught us to interact with one another. Right. So so we feel bad when we don't want to talk to other trans people in a group that's just not our place. It's okay to dislike people. It's okay to not want to be around other people. There's a reason that everyone has the group of friends that they have. It's because those are the people you feel comfortable with. Those are the people you share certain things in common with. You share experiences, you share lifestyles, you share ways of interacting, ways of being that make it a comfortable situation to interact and to share social experience. Right. And so when we encounter other people with whom we have certain shared experiences, but that's the only shared experience, it becomes a little bit more difficult because we still want to be supportive. But Well, and, and here's the reality of it. We went to the group we hadn't been to in a couple of years because the last time we went, we said, whoa, I'm not sure that that's for me. I right. wasn't really finding that to be my place. But at the same time, it's the group that's in our area. So it is the transgender social interaction group. It's sort of a go out for dinner and hang out with other trans people group. Right. And there's usually a lot more ladies there. Yes. But that's not really the problem. It's just not our place. And that's what I finally realize is it's not that I'm judging them or and we've we've said that that word quite a bit today. And I realize that there is obviously in any bias, there is some judging involved. Yes. But the point is, I, I'm not trying to be a dick about it, okay? I'm just saying, that's really not my place. I don't feel supported there. I don't feel comfortable. I might feel more comfortable in some other really weird situ- I was trying to think of other places you could walk into, like sumo wrestling. Yeah. I might feel more comfortable there, really. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The meeting we went to was at a local dining establishment. Mm -hmm. They generally rent out sort of a back room, side room area Mm -hmm. for this meeting every couple months. And they publicize it on Facebook and anyone who wants to go can go. And the people who went when we went last night were a handful of trans women, some who were younger, some who were older, and the two who sort of co-lead the group are also of questionable education and questionable social skill aptitude. By questionable, you mean you can't really nail it down? Like, one of them is clearly of marginal literacy. She posts on Facebook all the time, and I'm always wondering when the Nigerian prince is going to offer me his fortune. Yeah, I think she does have a literacy problem. And I'm not bothered by that, but she kind of gets angry lady about things. And yeah, that like I'm she's, not comfortable with. 
She's self-righteous about it. Like, how dare you question the thing that I posted on Facebook? That you didn't understand and that I didn't, trying to how, understand. How dare you not understand the words that I typed? And I'm going to paraphrase the podcast fansplaining here. And they were talking about fanfic and fan works. But my personal opinion is much along these same lines. If you can't be bothered to spell check and grammar check what you are putting on there, then you don't care enough about it to make me care to read it. I don't read it. <laughs> I don't. You're correct. You don't. <laughs> I don't read some things that are grammar checked too. So that, that, yeah, you you just but ignore I, the words. I definitely don't read it because no. I know that I'm just gonna say what. But yeah, they both get into the girl drama about that kind of thing, and, and about- I feel like she's looking at me the whole time. You know, this is kind of like I realize my grandmother, my my dad's mother. You know, she's got the edge to her, and you just feel really uncomfortable. Like, is she about to go off, man? Uh-oh. Yeah. You know, and I, I don't like that. No. But but she's also, like, looking for she's looking for a reason to get mad at you about that she's a girl and you don't like something. Yeah. And I, I, I'm just, like, I'm uncomfortable with that. It feels imbalanced. And the discussion instead of being just an open social group last night, was sort of a moderated discussion. And by moderated, I don't mean like how most of us would consider a discussion to be moderated. We're not talking Deb Stainish, Anne. No, we're not talking, you know, any sort of planned discussion or rational, reasonable process or procedure. There were no Robert's Rules of Order it was, what's it was, an issue you have issues it, with? It was hot potato. It totally was hot potato. Hot potato. And among the other guests, there was a, one other trans guy there. Yes. Who was younger than you, but looked way older. He was a, only a year younger than me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there were some college students from the university down in the city. They looked a little shell-shocked. They did, and I felt a little bad for them because I kind of wanted to talk to them and sort of explain this to them in language that they would understand about how a lot of these women didn't have the opportunity for a traditional education, and so they are using language that's a little bit beneath the concepts that they're trying to express, and they are using outdated language to refer to themselves and others. Yes, and that's something that you you notice, but what I notice is the what I perceive as the intent, and that's what makes me uncomfortable. Let me poke at you and then see if you get mad about it. And I don't like that. Well, and that's the thing. The the moderation and the discussion, the the leading of the discussion kept being towards where's your drama at? And she would ask people, basically, have you ever felt like your life was in danger because you're trans? Have you ever had a gun pointed had at a you? Gun pointed at you? Yeah. What is, you know, your biggest struggle with being trans? And I, it was all drama stuff. And I'm like, can we just be social and enjoy one another's well, company? One but no. group of younger girls over there was having a hard time containing themselves. They were being a bit like teenagers, but... They had the fun table. They did I was have jealous that we table. didn't go sit over there. We should have. Then there was a the reasonable person. She was sitting a little bit in front of us. And then there was the other. There, there was a, this is my field. So I'm just going to say there was a uh, gradient of different mental health imbalances going on that. There clearly were. And again, I f- I f- I, not passing, you know, yeah. valuative judgment on this, simply quantifying 
statements of there were a variety of other issues around the room that could potentially make other people feel uncomfortable. Well, that one Gail, she was the one who was starting to lecture the college students on metaphysics or something. And, she, yes. And then and I really felt like she just wanted attention, but, you know... She did want attention. Here's what I felt really bad about. When the hot potato got thrown towards me, I just said, no, actually, I don't have any issues that I can't manage otherwise, mm -hmm. that I feel like I need to talk about in here, or that really that pertain to this, except sometimes my mother she's me and one of my old friends does, but eh, the other stuff, you know, mm -hmm. the, the bigger problem, you, you the bigger issues I have don't have to do with... Don't have and that I feel, kind of drama to share. I said I feel really grateful that that's true for me. However, I felt kind of bad too, like... These girls are dealing with mental health struggles and being trans. And so now I've now I've made myself with. like a problem by not having a problem. <laughs> yes, and then she promptly directed attention to me and said, "And you're his partner. How do you feel about that?" And, and I'm, like, I'm always kind of weird yeah. in these situations because as a non-binary person, am I trans enough to speak up about this? Not really. Do I have issues because of my identity? None that I can really speak to that anyone is going to have any valuable input about. And so I just say, no, I'm non-binary. I'm pansexual. When he transitioned, he's still my person. Right. Please so direct were, the spotlight somewhere else. Now, now there was two of us with no issues. I know. You know? And, and I said, I just came back because we hadn't been there in a long time and I wanted to say hi. And I just wanted out of there. In part because of my introversion of this is really enough. Mm -hmm. And... This is not my place. And, you know, when you've got the girl behind us who is pre-everything presenting still as male, and she's going on to these academics, and again, this is where it comes back to the lack of education, she doesn't quite understand how academia works. She says, oh, you guys are from the college. Can you tell me anything about metaphysics and past life regression? And that's not what the majority of academia is going to be interested in. It's very far from it. To have any input valuable in a support group social meeting. The thing was all bizarre. It was. It was really bizarre. I like the gale that was sitting kind of across the room, not quite as trapped as the university students were. And when she was talking about her experience about her voice and, you know, about things. Mm -hmm. uh, I liked it because uh, it was an interesting story. Yeah. But the other things were just uncomfortable for me. And so yeah. anyhow, but the point is we felt bad about not we wanting to be there. We felt bad about not wanting to be there because, like, we should be supportive of this community and people who clearly do need that social support. We're just not the right people to provide it. And so we just don't really belong there. And I feel like removing ourselves from that situation is, in some sense, a dismissal of their presence. Or I don't want to do that. I, I, I mean, I don't want them to feel that we are dismissive of their presence. I'd just like to be dismissive of my presence. <laughs> Yes. And see, that's, I think you and I can understand that. Because you and I clearly have this understanding of, if a thing is not for me, that doesn't mean that it's not good or valuable. It just means that it's not for me. 
And this thing is not for me, but all these girls are going to have drama about it because we are not for them. And there was that thing where they were trying to pin us down about when when she realized, oh, you, you were here before and you haven't been here in a long time. And there was a bit of that caddy thing going on again. And then also the, okay, so what if we moved it to a different day? Can you go then? And so I made a point of saying, well, we may or may not be able to. However, it might be a good idea to move it to different days. Yeah. For people to be able to have access for that reason. Mm-hmm. There's other people who have those same needs. In other words... It's not me, and as soon as I can get out of here, you'll never see me again if I can help it. Right. And and I was trying to be very polite, and I was very polite to her when she got up to, to say something to us, because we left and they weren't done. I realized at one point, they had all the time in the world and could keep going about issues. And, and we only get 18 to 36 hours child-free, and, and we've just spent two of them listening to girls whine about being girls. Well, no, but it wasn't that. It was more bizarre than that. It was. So I think my communication to her, should she talk to me about this, is to say, I'm going to say to her, you know, I feel that the group is not a good group for me because I don't have the type of issues and things to talk about. So I just, I don't feel like I should be there and just be sitting there listening in on other people's things. Yes. And and she might understand that in a way that would feel not judgmental to her. Because I, I don't want her to feel like, judged, but I just don't want to. Right. I mean, you and I could say that's not a valuable use of your time. But there are so many different shades of meaning in that phrase that to have you and I say that and mean it purely as a reflection on us would probably not be taken that way. It would be a taken as a you are not a valuable use of my time. Well, I think even with the, and this is why when people say to us something and and you, you often respond with, well, we have kids. I don't even, they don't even need to know my reasons. That's how I feel. Because when it's kind of like dealing with, maybe I've been conditioned by number two son. Don't give him a reason. See, for me, it's the conditioning of social interaction and being, seen and perceived as the extrovert that I generally present myself to be. Well, and, and, and mom, so I need a good reason or else people will feel slighted. If I well, can call on the kids and say, yeah, sorry. And those are mom reasons. It's not about you. It's about them. And your mom. I, I, God, don't remind me. So you can, you can use that for, for me. I'm just like, no, that's not what I can do. Thanks anyway. Right. But I, I, I feel like she's, you know, when we have seen her in the meantime, like we saw her at a couple different last events. year at last the year trans at the, remembrance, at Tidor, yeah, yeah, and she, uh, she, where was have you been? In this way, like, what the hell's wrong with you that you don't come to our group? You think you're better? You think that you know something? Like she's looking for a, an issue, and I'm and like, well. I don't think I'm better. Mm. I just don't think this is the right fit. Right. But it's hard to explain that in a way that will be perceived appropriately. Although when I asked our tall friend and I said, are you going to the meeting tonight? We haven't seen you in a while. This is, this is how we first met her was by going to this meeting. Right. And maybe she would like us to pick her up and take her with. and And that would be awesome to go see her. And she says, no. I don't go to that group anymore. Yeah, and left it hanging there. So I said, okay. She didn't leave it hanging. I left it hanging. I didn't want to make the drama of it. I didn't want to buy into her girl drama. But then you expressed curiosity. Yes, I did. I was like, what did she do? 
Because <laughs> that's what it sounded like. Yeah, yeah. No, it wasn't our tall friend getting kicked out. It was that our tall friend knows her own personal limits and can't deal with this kind of drama and nonsense that this... Somebody egging you on. Egging you on is going to get her, our tall friend, into trouble. And mm-hmm. so she just chooses not to go anymore because that's not drama that she needs. Yeah, and that was a good clue for us. But we knew the university students were going to be there. That was in the post. And we thought... Well, maybe we'll be able, I really did want to talk to them about the project they were working on. So, yes. But we didn't have that opportunity. And we'll have to try to find them on some social media there. Yes. Well, the good news is there is a new LGBTQIA plus organization down in the city. And it's kind of way to the other side of the city. So it'll take us a while to get there. But they do have events on a regular basis for all of the Alphabet Soup queer family. Yes, and it's been our intention to check that out. It's it's very new, but we knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. And it's been up and running for a little while. We haven't gotten there yet. It's been there for a couple months, and that's not very long in our world. No. But yes, I'm looking forward to doing that because I miss having other queer people around. That is something that I do want to connect with. Like the woman at the wedding the other day comes and says, we have something in common. And she just sits down all happy with herself to find someone else like her. And I miss people like me. But the problem is we go there and we have this one thing in common and those people are not like me. And there's nothing about them that is like me. So then it's hard to have a conversation. It is. And I, that's part of why we went that one night was because there were college students and they would have been more like us, even though they were other non-trans LGBTQIA students. Yeah, they're working on a project and I, I would have been able to talk to them about that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the girls in the corner, the younger girls who were having their own happy discussion, they probably would have been fun to interact with too. We might have had things in common with them. But the people who monopolized the discussion did not have anything in common with us. So I'm hoping that we can find other people with whom we do have more in common soon. Well, who knows? Maybe we'll bump into those ladies at the fun table mm-hmm. at the Queer things. The other queer things, yeah, yes. Other queer things mm-hmm. that happen from time to time and that we right. will have to track down and see if we can get them to ma- match gears with our schedule at some point. That is the other hard thing about having a social life with parenting okay. challenging children. I don't know what you're talking about, social life. Um, you, do you think back 10, 15 years. Can you remember that far back? Do you have... That many brain cells left that haven't been dissolved by shitty pants. Dad, look it. (laughs) Well, for us, I mean, social life. Yes. Yeah. It's hard, but we'll get there. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to trying that out. And I more felt like it was an obligation to try to go there again. And I had intended to try it and see, you know, initially, and, and I know this is, I'm just coming back around to the beginning here. But initially, when we went there, there were some other people that we did talk to. One of them was a guy that he was a guy who had talked to first from the community mm-hmm. about, hey, I'm trans, and I'm trying to figure this out. And how do I find these doctors around here? And he was the one who... Um, reached out to me. He reached out to you and you went to... He was the one who recommended the doctor for the top surgery. You guys went to the same doctor and mm-hmm. he knew who in town to see and do what. Right. And he was running that group. 
He was. For a minute before he left town. Uh-huh. He ran it for a while before that, but we didn't meet him till the last minute, so. Right. But. So anyhow. It's good, though. We'll we'll get somewhere, and we won't go back there again, but we'll figure out something somewhere. Well, we'll not get to there again for sure. But that was our big chance at a social outing. We'll let you all know when it happens again. Could be a while. It could, but I think that's it for our social life. And that's it for our podcast for tonight, too. Okay. We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less than complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening. You always change the channel. <laughs> change your channel. Don't, don't make me laugh, Hustler. Coughing, yes, yeah. I do. No. So that's our next outing into outing. Ha, queer ha, ha, things. Ha, ha. <laughs> Sorry. You're I'm grinning. <laughs> you are grinning. grinning. It's ha, funny. Ha. Ha, ha. <laughs> you did not laugh out loud, but you smiled. I grinned. I win. Uh-huh. That's a grimace. Don't try and trick me. <laughs> That's the... I so, I lured you into my trap. Muahahaha. Yeah. Ha <laughs> <laughs>